When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Zone Time, a wonderful hockey show on the internet. Uh, if you're hoping to hear our thoughts on the new Drake album or the new song from Beyonce, there's something else we're looking forward to hearing a review from, but uh, we'll get to that before the end of the podcast. In the meantime, Justin Cuthbert is here, Omar is here, Sam is here, I'm Julian. Uh, the Stanley Cup Final, still on. It's a series now. A lot of people were ready to write off the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they found a way into game three and they have finally entered the stanley cup final chat but I'm, I'm just curious though from everybody here be honest did you think before game three this series was already over be honest be be, be honest because a lot of people wrote off the tampa bay lightning not me though not me if you thought that the abs were going to sweep the lightning and that they were going to win the cup with only two losses to the st louis blues like <laughs> i don't know what to tell you yeah, yeah. Be reasonable. Honestly, like you can't, you can't freaking negate who Tampa is. Like, yeah, you know, Colorado had two solid games, but like that game happened, and I knew they were gonna win Game Three. I you know now the way it happened, I was a little surprised at, and I guess we'll get to that uh, as we continue talking. I didn't think it would happen that way, but yeah, like you can't like a team like Tampa that they've done too much. To, to write them off after after a, a big playoff blowout so you know yeah didn't think I didn't think it was over at all yeah I'm not really surprised that Tampa won the game but I kind of would be surprised if Colorado didn't win one of the two games in Tampa Bay uh it doesn't strike me as that type of series where it's like gonna be whoever's on home ice owns it like I I just I think Colorado I, again I picked Tampa at the start so I, I I'm like threatening to be wrong in so many different ways here. But after watching those first two games, it just looked like Colorado was like really, really fast and problematically fast, if that makes sense. I just, I would be surprised if Tampa won both games after in Tampa Bay, after what we saw uh, from Colorado in games one and two. And I think Colorado <laughs> five still on the table and that would be dominant, but it wouldn't be a sweep. Like I guess uh, is not on the table anymore, obviously. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, did people forget what Tampa did in the third round against yes. the Rangers down to, and I understand the Rangers are not Colorado, but they've done this before. They've come back from a two deficit. Did people forget the first round series where they got spanked a bunch of times by the Leafs and they still found ways to win the very next game. Like if there's one thing we should learn from this, this year's Stanley cup playoffs, just because a team gets shellacked or provides a blowout win in one game, it does not always mean that that style of play or whatever that whatever momentum is being generated there will translate over to that very next game, especially when it comes to a team like Tampa that has the best goalie in this series, that has some great defense play, and they have all those forwards up front. Like, I, yeah. I pick Colorado to win, and I still think Colorado could still win this series, but I was very surprised at how many people rode off Tampa 
before game three. People were just like, man, this is over. This is like 96 where, where Colorado got the sweep was in. Like, nah, like, like this is Tampa. This is not Montreal. Yeah. This is Tampa. I think what it is is that a lot of people, and, and you saw it a lot after game two, there's like a slowly – slow growing but like slowly getting louder crowd that discounts the two cups tampa won they call them asterisk cups because the 2020 was the bubble and then 2021 was like the weird season or whatever Mm -hmm. so a lot of people like discount those cups like completely and i think what happened after game seven and again i think even uh tying back to things that i was saying last episode and that Mm -hmm. i think i think colorado might be the strongest team Tampa's face like in this like run of like playoff success I think people are kind of taking that and seeing like aha see it's no like there's no asterisk playoff schedule this is a legitimate team so ha they're they're done for so I I think I I think that's where a lot of the you know the series is done after game two is coming from but you know I don't know I'm I'm not going to say like you know that they're like tears of like hockey fandom or whatever but like again like I I am I'm high on Tampa. I think Tampa is probably I, I, I did think that Tampa's gonna win this series, but by no means did I think the series is over after game two because they're they've both teams have done way too much. And again, Tampa swept Florida without Braden Point. Like it was nothing. Like it was nothing. Three goals against. Like, come on. Like they, like come on. Like the, they they deserve a lot more credit than that. I was frankly more surprised the first two games that they weren't able to slow down the Avs at mm. all. Like to me, that was more shocking than them winning game three. Like they looked, they looked outrageously slow. Like it didn't, didn't look like they belonged on the same ice. And so this game made it a series, which is what we wanted, right? Like as funny as it would be for me as an Avs fan to, to see the Avs sweep, I I'd rather this be a series. We all and that was that was the Vasilevsky game too. Like it was actually it was more the Kemper game than the Vasilevsky game. Vasilevsky was awesome down the stretch. Thirty-seven of thirty-nine is this sort of stuff we expect from Andre Vasilevsky against a team like Colorado. But I think there was always going to be a Kemper stinker built into this series. I mean, I think I think he allowed eight on thirteen. Uh, not that we should have like penciled in a game that he literally gives away. Um, but to suggest that he would outduel Vasilevsky, even if Vasilevsky has a harder workload in every game, was probably pretty silly as well. So the fact that Kemper was kind of the biggest, not the biggest reason, but a big, big part of the uh, fact that uh, Tampa was able to win that game, get back into it, or at least the divide between the goaltenders was a big difference. Why? I think we should have expected at least one game where Tampa is sort of buoyed by the fact that they've got a way better goaltender. And I think to that point, I was really like, I was really surprised at the type of goals Tampa was scoring because like even in game two, right? Like game two, like Tampa could not get close to the slot. Like Colorado was containing them and there were goal, goal after goal. I don't know what happened to Devon Taze on the plot goal, like a D to D pass between Taze and McCarr. Like usually that's just like crisp clean. And then just like it, it, it falters passes are being made and there are goals being scored right in front of Kemper. So like the Palat goal, the, the Nick Paul goal where he literally just like, <laughs> like snowshoes to the slot and is like, is completely open, just fires it off. So I think, you know, to Jeez. Justin's point, like the speed is it definitely comes up, but I think you just the fact that like Colorado was just allowing, giving way too many players time and space to just do their work. 
again, like Pat Maroon versus Jack Johnson. Like I saw that, I laughed so hard. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's a tough one. So like, I, I think if it comes down to the idea of Colorado being better in game four, I think it's because Jared Bednar will like see like, hey, you see all this stuff you did here. So I don't like any of this or any of that, or actually any of it, because that's not what we've been doing the last two games. So like everything that happened in game three, chuck it and we'll move on to game four because goaltending was definitely a, a big difference but i think also just like the play style and the leakiness was a lot stronger from colorado that we i think we've seen in the playoffs so far which is kind of what's funny for me is that colorado from the jump did not look like the better team and i think for about 60 minutes like tampa looked like the better team and they still scored first and if it wasn't for a disallowed goal they might have been up to nothing Tampa could have easily played, had the best start of this series. But if it wasn't for like a, yeah, three even. Like, three. I, mean, I think you dinked them. You literally that, wrote in the group chat. Yep. <laughs> you were like talking about gonna go <laughs> their defense. And then all of a sudden it was like over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Done. 100% I, I, blaming Julian. That's very fair. Uh, <laughs> I, I also said that I, uh, I, I didn't up. see the abs coming back when it looked pretty bad for them. And I was right on that. So uh, mm-hmm. some, a broken clock is right twice a day. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I'm kind of still skeptical is because, okay, there was a goal called back that very clearly it was offside, but yes, if John Cooper didn't get five minutes to determine whether or not he wanted to challenge it, it could have been one, nothing. Vasilevsky made a huge, ridiculous save on Comfer. I think it was pretty yep. early. Yes. Plus they got him, that early goal. As you mentioned, Omar, it could have been three, nothing early. And then what happens if it's three, nothing, like even a bad night for Darcy Kemper, they could probably figure it out. So yeah. uh, it was really like, it was hanging in the balance. It's hung in the balance against New York it hung against the in the balance against Toronto and yet as you mentioned Julian we should learn by now that it doesn't really matter if it's a really tenuous moment because the lightning come through so we'll see what happens in game four obviously we're going to get desperation versus desperation which is what we want and we're going to learn a lot I think about the series and how long it might go uh in game four shout out Nick Paul by the way oh sorry Sam you go first and then I'll go on my I was just gonna say it's also this is also a Colorado team that has historically just take every so often they have to take a couple of games where they just dick around and like (laughs) they don't play their best game they just they skate around it's messy and that's what that game was but you know I think their longest they had one four game losing streak this whole season like how many of those games are they gonna play for the rest of the series I guess that's gonna be the difference I mean, I think losing the way they did, probably a good thing because Bednar yeah. can go in there and be like, hey, uh, let's let's get it sorted out here for game four. Yeah. I had no idea we could say dick around on this show. There were two options. Underused, actually. <laughs> and I tried not to say the other one. So. <laughs> what was the, oh, well, I, I'm, now I'm curious about what the other option was supposed to be, unless we really can't say that word. We really can't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> the pause. <laughs> let's just move on to nick paul uh i thought that was really cool uh the fact that uh gets banged up dude looked as if he probably shouldn't have been playing in that moment but looked pretty fine after that and gets a goal like almost like in the second period just as he's like skating around looking to see if he's okay then josh mance with a really brutal turnover then ross colton finds nick paul in the slot that play you were describing earlier omar i thought that was a cool story i know playing through pain it's kind of like a hit or miss thing but that's one of the cooler stories you could find, especially in moments like this, where you have everything to play for and you play through pain and you make it work. I I, I kind of like stories like that. Not if you're like playing for like a ruptured spleen or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be a, that'll be a top 10 moment of the series for sure. And I think 
it's man if you're a team that like goes back and forth on like hey should we like acquire a player at the deadline or like give up assets do it man people thought for the most part that nick paul would just be like oh you know like a depth depth you know contributor and that's it but nick paul has been like a standout which is which is crazy to say on a team like tampa has been a standout on this team in the playoffs like Again, he's scored, you know, both scored both goals in Game Seven against against the Leafs. He's, he's scored a lot of huge goals, and again, to watching him like literally shuffle, <laughs> shuffle to the slot <laughs> and then score, and then score is just it's it, it's huge. So like it's it's great it's great for him. But again, like if, if I'm Jared Bednar and I'm angry at any goal, it's that one. I'm like it's that one. I'm like, how do you how how does that happen? Like how open. does that happen? He's wide open. What he could have he could have broke dance and like spun on his head ball like before scoring. So like that's the, like if that's if there's one play from game three that like that Colorado should be looking at and like reminding themselves of and then using that as motivation to improve for game four, it's that play because that can't happen. Yeah, there's like a telltale sign of the lightning when they're at their best, and it's like literally everyone is like half needing crutches and or a stretcher like it's like they just have a parade to the penalty box or the the penalty box the locker room when they're on it's just like it's like so obvious what you know it requires for them sometimes to be at their best and it's pain a lot of the times I mean it's partly a broken down team but partly a team that's like okay clearly we're we're we have to go that extra mile and it's that's another example and there's going to be a couple examples. It looks like with Kucherov a little banged up, Paul a little bit banged up, at point maybe coming back. Like this team has been through it, but they seem to get galvanized by going through it, which is interesting. I think they said points doubtful for tomorrow. Mm. Yes, yes. And yet they were better, at least from a lineup without standpoint, it. without them. Yeah. Uh, do we want to get to the Kucherov thing? Because uh, before we got on air here, uh, Omar seemed very. I think we do very into that topic so uh, Nikita Kucherov leaves after taking a cross check from Devin Tays at the end of game three John Cooper said some things say hey those guys knew what they were doing I I, I didn't necessarily think that much of that quote but uh, Omar for those watching on not watching on YouTube he's he's beside himself he's rolling his eyes like Omar you know what we should have like a segment where we call it let him have it because he likes to have like these moments for himself it's more of a Leafs thing but like I feel like you just have to give Omar a moment where you just kind of let him go. So I'm just going to let you go, buddy. Go ahead. Like, okay. I, I just want to preface by saying I understand that coaches can't, like, openly say, like, my player did something stupid or my player is doing this. way. I, I get that. I get that. But, like, John Cooper coming out and saying, like, players know what they're doing. Like, so pretty much implying that, like, like Devontae's, like, accidentally on purpose or maybe impurposely did what he did to Kucherov. Um, it's just, it's, it's so stupid because you're talking, you have Nikita Kucherov, a, a player who is almighty and skilled top 10 player in the, um, in the league has been, has been a top 10 player for a long time, but is a player who lay, who loves to straddle the line between okay. And very not okay. A lot, a lot playoffs, regular season. It doesn't matter. So like, it just it just irked me hearing hearing him say that the, the guys know what they're doing because like it just seems like he is very picky and choosy as to whether okay this is actually the player's fault maybe the player knows what they're doing versus oh things take place things happen case in point 
I, I, I completely forget. Yes, I'm going to make this about the Leafs. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I forgot if this is during the regular season or in the playoffs. But there was a moment. No, this is a playoffs. It was, um, it was one of the games where the, where the Leafs were destroying them. And Mitch Marner and Kucherov collided. And then Kucherov did this, like, 360 spin thing and then clipped, clipped Marner um, with his skate. Now, at the time, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, it's just an accident. He's just spinning this collided, right? But you're watching it, and it's like, okay, sure. But also, I think that also could have been stopped earlier. So it's just like, players do it all the time. You, Your players do it as well. So I don't like the whole, like, oh, oh, the entire arena knows what happened. So the fact you have to ask that question, just, like, stop it. Stop it. I understand you. I understand you want to protect your player. That's your star player going down. That's another player going down. I get it. I get it. But like, stop it. Stop. The, the, the two things that irritate me as when it comes down to like hockey, hockey lines or hockey cliches, that's that in correlation with, well, I'm not trying to hurt anyone. Okay. Oh, flipping K. They're, they're, sure. In a contact <laughs> sport, we're not trying to hurt anyone. Okay. Okay, that sure. could be true. You could try to get out of the way of not trying to hurt people. That could happen. Okay, okay. So, so was was Corey Perry just like you know blessing, blessing, blessing ankles? Huh? No. Uh, was, was that's saying, that's hey, the best hey, part. Hey, is like uh, you signed Corey Perry, and that's what you want to complain about. You want to complain about Devon Taves? Like, come on. Right? Like Darcy Kemper must have stories from this entire series of what it's been like dealing with Corey Perry, and honestly, it's been three games in. And again, like, I, I get it. I get it. He's a coach. He's a coach. He's going to stand up for I get it. Bruce Cassidy had to coach Brad Marchand when Brad Marchand decided to look people. I understand. I get it. I get it. That's but like, <laughs> but, but it's just like, it's just, it's irritating to watch that because again, knowing that like, like he has players on his team that on, that are historically known for doing things accidentally on purpose. So anyway, See, you've like, never been. Go ahead, Kath. I was just going to say, it's, you're right about it being self-serving. Like, he wouldn't say that if it wasn't a dip, uh, a member of the opposition that um, made that play or that hit. Mm. Um, but I almost saw it differently. I thought it was, like, sort of an admission of guilt a little bit because he knows that his players do things like that. The Lightning are the mm. best, dirtiest team on the planet. And I, I think, like, if it was really a truthful moment, it'd be like, yeah, players know how to take a cheap shot when a cheap shot presents itself. And I think that's exactly what it was. And him saying that good players know what they're doing. Was that the right quote? Or good players know what they're like doing player, out there? Players know what they're doing or something. His like players that. know I what they're like doing I should get too. the exact quote. Mm-hmm. His players know what they're doing too. And I think if you got him in a moment that it wasn't like him burying one of his players, he would say, our players know how to do that stuff as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I will say, I think it's, um, it, it probably irritates I think abs fans will love hearing Omar say that because I think the one thing that Jared Bednar actually does differently than other coaches is when his own players make dirty plays, he doesn't try to pretend like they aren't. And mm. I've seen abs fans get so mad about it. Like playoffs last year. I can't even remember what the quote was, but at one point he basically acknowledged like somebody should have been suspended. And I think there were abs fans who were angry that he did that rather than, you know, making a big stink about the officiating. And it's just, it's an interesting approach. Bender definitely tells it like it is. Like yeah, he, yeah. He, he doesn't play any games. Doesn't necessarily protect at all costs. He just would say what's on his mind, which is pretty respectable. Yeah. Omar, have you ever been in a situation where you're like playing a like a, a sport like ball hockey or ice hockey or whatever, yeah. and your teammate is in the wrong and they do something wrong, 
but you have to defend him anyway because that's your guy and you can't you might have to be like yo man like you know i i, I just me that literally happened to me like last week. No, I, I get it. <laughs> that no, literally no, happened I, I, to me in a soccer game last yeah. week. I had to like defend my guy, even though he was in the rough. No, I get it. I get it. I understand. I mean, I every it, beer know. league team I've ever played on has had a guy who just acts up every season. Yeah. And you kind of just have to put your head down and get out of there. But it's your job to kind of at least not actively oppose him in the moment. You kind of just have to let it go. But uh yeah. Man, I don't, Baffert, I don't, I don't Baffert, expect John Cooper yeah. to bury his guys, especially right now. No, I don't know, man. That perspective is why Jordan Bennington goes around and fake punches people. But the, I, that's what they do. I think the Blues <laughs> just go the other way. But you can't, you can't tell them. I mean, you can't like punish them. They might be like, "Yo, you just threw the water bottle." Like, what are you doing? He's your starting goaltender. You gotta, gotta be like, yeah. All right, just, just hit him with the bottle next time. Just yeah. don't embarrass everybody. That'd be the high. That'd be the highlight of the of uh, like a like a documentary. Like, why did they lose that series? Like, Bennington would be like, you know, you know what. I felt like I was ready to come back, but you know, the coaches went up went up to me and just called me an idiot for you know for being stupid. Lost well, so that, that was had it. to throw that water bottle. <laughs> you know who hasn't scored a goal in this series? Not to make an abrupt change here, but you know who hasn't scored a goal in this series yeah. that I think is worth talking about. Yeah, are are we at that point where we have to be worried about that? Because like he has, he has assists, but like he has no goals in this series, like. I was actually going to come at it. No, I was actually going to come at it from the other angle. Like, yep, they've had a highly offensive series where they're arguably their best player has not performed, and they scored seven goals in game two. Like, all you need is one breakout game from Nathan McKinnon, and this turns again. Like, it's and the chances of him not pulling it together at some point, I don't think they're that high. Yeah, and if there is ever a, a moment, man, it. if there is ever a moment, it would be game four. Like, we've seen, like, Stamkos and Palat kind of being, like, the, like, the, I guess, the chain reaction chain reaction for Tampa th- this playoffs. Like, man, McKinnon scores. Like, that, that'll, I think that'd be game-changing. That'd be huge. Like, and imagine I think the not... Oilers with, if ahead, Conor sorry. McDavid scored no, no goals in three games. That's curtains. Exactly. Like, I, I think that's why that's the <laughs> – another difference between the teams right now and why I like would favor Colorado is like, they still have a card to pull. They still mm-hmm. have the Nathan McKinnon game coming. I think Tampa's like sort of exhausted. It's resort. Like, you know, you could expect Vasilevsky to maybe steal another game and have another big night from Stamkos or whoever, but like they are full value for their entire team so far. And then we're waiting for that Nathan McKinnon moment. I think that's another potential swing in the series is when he comes to life, which I think we all expect him to do. We just need like a Nathan McKinnon zone entry, cutting through the D, snapping a shot, and we could put all of that to bed. He just needs yeah. to do it once. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, and I think right, he needs well, to do it for himself too. Like I think it's like yes. this guy, it burns really hot with this guy. I think he's trying really, really hard, probably too hard. Yeah. If there's a difference between him and Mikhail McCarr, it's like effortless with McCarr, and it just comes to him. And Nathan McKinnon's really, really pressing. It seems like he doesn't have to; he just has to play his game, and it'll it'll come for him. It's uh, but I you know you can't really tell him that. I'm sure Jared Bednar's tried. Mm. Yes, you know who else hasn't scored a goal is uh, Miko Rantanen. Oh yeah, ah man, that's what yeah, that's a lot what, of points though. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, got like three assists points. in the seven in the seven goal game. I think yeah. I think he's got like seven assists, but no goals yet. That's not that's not bad. At least he's contributing. It'd be worse if it was like you have zero 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 on your stat sheet. Yeah, man. If you're yeah, in a series yeah. like this and you have like no points or like one point, you're either like a third pairing defenseman or you're just not very good. 
And it's not even that for McKinnon. He just clearly wants a goal. He, I mean, he admitted it uh, after the game. So, okay. Um, for the con Smythe, I know I've asked you guys for your picks through three games. Uh, why is Val Nachuskin the front runner for the Con Smythe Trophy, or do you have someone else in mind who is more deserving? I mean, it depends how depends how the rest of the series go, man. But Vasilevsky, I mean, yes, but like through the first three games, <laughs> for I Vas, I'm Vasil. Listen to me that that save that Vasilevsky made on JT Comfer was mm. some upside down Stranger Things level goofery. Like, <laughs> like he makes the first save off the deflection and then the extending one. Like my jaw dropped. So. But through okay through through three three okay through the three games yeah I think definitely I think probably Nutrishkin uh, just because he's his guy, he has kind of come up with those really clutch moments. Um, it's odd, man. Like I don't know. That's probably the first one. But like yeah, like I like I keep I think it's just because when it comes down to this series, I've always said it's going to come down to goaltending, and it's like I'm watching like both goaltenders, and it's just like okay, how many like game saving moments have you had? So I don't know. Maybe it might be a little too too easy. I did I did have I did have McKinnon initially. So yes. you know, maybe hopefully, hopefully that changes. I don't know. We've been talking about the Conspite Trophy for too long to have not mentioned Kale McCarr's name. Uh, yeah. He is the massive massive favorite. He's going to win the award. I think if Colorado wins, I don't even know how you could deny him. He's been the best player throughout the entire Stanley Cup playoffs for Colorado. He was awesome in Game Two. He's been burned a few times. Uh, in this series defensively, I, though I think it's been more Devontae's than Makar, but they're out there together regardless. Uh, I don't know. I'm not looking anywhere else than Makar if you're if you're uh, assessing the Avalanche's chances to win that award. I think it's him. All right, Sam. Now it's your moment to gloat. I picked Kale Makar, and I think he wins even if they lose. Preach. Ooh, 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 ooh. Preach. Even if they lose. Preach. Okay. Yeah, he may Gary. deserve that, but that's not going to happen. GS Jaguar status, that'd be sick. Sorry, he should win even should. if they lose. Yeah. Okay, that's a good way to hedge your bet. Like, be like, I think the lightning should. one is interesting. I, I Vasilevsky struggled. He just like they hung seven on him the other night. But like, how are they going to win without Vasilevsky? And Kucherov's out with injury. Is it like Stamkos next? Is Palat next? I don't. It's a. But that's it's why a I think Makar should win it. Like they don't have a clear. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. That's a that's a very good point. But I will say Vasilevsky's gonna have to do game three things if they're gonna win three more times. So he might emerge as as the guy before the end of it. How many goalies have won a con Smythe and how many of them have allowed seven goals in a in a cup final and won a con Smythe? Vasilevsky might be the first. Might be. Yeah. He might be. His numbers are gonna look good regardless, though. Oh, absolutely. Oh man, Sam's oh. right. Sam's right. Oh, what are you looking at? Kale McCarr is still is leading the playoffs. Well, okay, of of okay, of teams that are still left. Yeah. Like it's still it's still McDavid and Drysaddle 33 and 32, but like McCarr has 26. Yeah, I was I was clearly making it funny with the Dechuskin thing, but yes, Kale McCarr is the front runner. Sam is always right. We get it. Congratulations. Your your pick is you're right. There's a reason why people should agree with you and not gain your way on Twitter. We get it. We understand. Um <laughs> last final thing on game four. Um where do you guys see it? Just basic prediction. Is Colorado winning game four? Is Tampa tying it? How do y'all see it? 
Uh, I think I think Colorado will come will will come back and then get the three one lead. Now, do I think it's going to end in game five? No. Um, but I do think because there's a, a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes from Colorado that we saw in game three. Again, you can if you can if you can watch the game back and then and say like, okay, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Then those are just fixable moments. And again, like it was a very uncharacteristic game for that team. And yes, the the whole difference in goaltending has been a big thing, but something that we established is that if Colorado plays their game and again holds Tampa from getting those opportunities, which they did, which they were doing to the series up until Game Three, then there's then then they're fine, then they're golden. So it just comes back to whether they get back to that style of play and don't let Tampa dictate the pace, which I think was a big difference between the beginning of the series and now is that before they were skating like crazy and again to sam's point earlier they're making tampa look like a an old tired withered team so if they can do that then they win otherwise then it might might be tied and we're going going to colorado um two two i think colorado's going to dominate the game i'm not sure if they're going to win it or not but i think it's going to be a really really good bounce back effort from them if that's you know if all things are equal goaltending front scoring chances so on and so forth I think it would be Colorado's game and maybe they have the chance to win it at five, but uh, who knows? I'm, I should not count out the Tampa Bay lightning again, but I'm going to, I got the Colorado avalanche in game four. Sam. I think the Avs win game four, um, but I think it goes to overtime. Ooh. Oh, I would love that so much. Actually, that would be, Oh, that would oh. be such a perfect time for Nathan McKinnon to do it have the Nathan McKinnon game you score the OT winner you bring the game back bring the series back to Colorado with a 3-1 lead I'm kind of rooting for that, that I happens, think Colorado will win game four too if that happens the series is over in five in my opinion you might as well bring okay let me not say that you might as well bring out the cup then but like we could at least like dream about that if that was the case but we can't write off the Tampa Bay Lightning they could easily tie this series and who knows how they're reacting games five and six mm. and like, and then maybe a seven if it gets to that point. The longer the series goes, the more likely we are to see Nazem Kadri back. So that is also very true. That is also very true. But will Nazem Kadri be... be at 100% to play though if he comes back? Man, no one's at 100% no. now. That's that's one of that's well, that's like that's or as close to it because like the Lightning had Braden Point in for the first two games and he wasn't as effective. They won the, the game, they didn't need him. Yeah. Mm. It took him out because he couldn't help them the way that they needed him to. Yeah. So that same could be said about Kadri as well. But I can see Kadri like coming back and coming back into the game and just going like Babcock style, like where he was just like full on, just like, I'm just going to hover over you and just like make your life as miserable as possible. He may not be Mm -hmm. able to score, but he'll probably like hover over Stamkos and like Sorelli and Palat and just be like, you're not scoring, man. Like I'm not scoring and neither are you. So I can can see that. He would certainly help there. I mean, if, there was anything like different about game three. It's that, you know, that top Tampa line with Kucherov and Stamkos and Plot. they got free a little bit of the McKinnon line and that really hard matchup. If they're playing against Comfer, they're going to have their chances and they took advantage of those chances. But Kadri, he's been, he can be one of the best defensive centers in the league. And even if he's just shadowing, like you mentioned, Omar, it could be a big get. So you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast on a Wednesday, which means uh, the NHL awards will have already happened which means because uh, considering when we record these, we actually recorded before the awards. So it'd be kind of risky. Austin Matthews. Like, Austin Matthews. 
it, it's like there's a chance surprise it took us this long to talk about the Leafs yeah you know seriously it, it took us so I showed restraint this week Sam all that to say uh because uh we're not recording and we know all the uh, award winners at this point it would be a little irresponsible for us to kind of talk about that instead I decided to bring out the zonies because we did that at the midpoint gave out some awards for uh, some players some plays some things we like things we didn't like things you love to dunk on and all that an end of season zonies uh so I have some categories you all can give me your picks for each of them uh and and, and let's just do the damn thing uh, I'd like to start with uh your hockey twitter moment of the year there are no shortage of nominees for this particular category i am excited for this one uh who, who has a pick who wants to start i could start if you'd like um give I, nominees yeah. you want to send some nominees out there or so like i like the kodak black incident for, <laughs> like we gotta we gotta talk about that because yeah, that the nhl and the way that they reacted to that that was definitely something um oh my god uh, uh, the alleged infidelity of uh, a player and uh, another story that went out. Uh, look, the all alleged. Those are my top two. A lot of people uh, reacted in a certain way to those uh, stories. I have uh, two. Very more. notable. Yes, please. Um, please. One, <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl being called pissy. <laughs> oh, man, man. oh my God. Yes. And yes. Also- <laughs> and as an yes. honorable as an honorable mention, the 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 morph of Kevin Weeks becoming a meme from oh that's from good breaking all the from, from breaking all the news those two but yeah Leon Drysdale being called pissy was so I I could not believe this was happening I thought I was in a simulation I'm like are we, are we actually watch an NHL media call a player ask him why he's acting so. <laughs> Oh, dude, that was so funny. That, that's my that's my highlight of the year. That's my hockey. Cut, do you do you have a, a hockey Twitter moment of the year you'd like to? Offer? No, I think Kodak was the one for me. I think that's definitely. I mean, it's just like it was just so ridiculous and so hilarious, <laughs> and like the breaking down the film and uh, it's just it was too good. It was awesome. Oh my God. Took some moves from Brampton, huh? <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> the sensible pick would be to. I guess take a well, everyone reacting to Trevor Zegers doing the dish again because, like, you know, that was still a, a play that got everyone going. Like Michael B. Jordan, obviously, uh, and other celebrities who you wouldn't even think would be associated with hockey. They all notice. I would argue <sighs> the aftermath of that moment was even funnier. Oh, yeah. And how everyone reacted. Considering what I'm listening. Okay, listen, NHL, if you can do one thing, I need every team to make a pact to score a Michigan goal on Philadelphia and then just pan <laughs> to the camera immediately. I need, I just, I, I, I am literally like, I think I will go out of my way to watch every Phillies game, every Flyers game, just, just to see if anyone tries to do it, especially. I'm not, I'm Anaheim not going that Philly. far, oh, but Anaheim Philly might actually be worth watching. Yes. Yes. Yep. hundred percent watching that. Cause you know, Zegers is going to try to do something like just mm-hmm. try. Oh, yeah, you guys got to skill it up. Oh, skill it up. That's another one, too. Don't skill it oh, up. That was another one. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I, I gave that something else. Uh, but I think it's either. I enjoyed that the Athletic called them the worst broadcast in the league. Oof. <laughs> I didn't say that. Sam said that. So it's either Pissy or the I didn't Kodak say it. The Athletic said it. 
the athletic did say it. I work for the athletic. So shout out the athletic. I <laughs> uh, appreciate uh, the athletic and working for that great company. Um, so it's down to Fissy and, and Kodak Black, really. I don't know if we could do a tie. I don't know if we have to vote on these two, but I think those two are probably the strongest ones. Yeah. 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 I think those are the moments. Yeah. I think that's it <laughs> for the first time ever in the history of the Zonies, a tie for <laughs> hockey Twitter moment of the year. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl being called pissy and Kodak Black doing whatever he, the hell he was doing in that oh, floor this week. Um, what about player of the year? So just anyone you thought was really good, just it's like our MVP, I guess, or, or MOP, or if you want to look at it that way. Player of the year. I still think, uh, even though he will not win the Hart Trophy, but considering what he did throughout the regular season and in the postseason, career numbers for this dude. And goal of the year candidate. We didn't even talk about the goals that he scored this year, making Patrick Nemeth look like a dummy. Connor McDavid is my pick for player of the year. Um, man, there's so many. I mean, a lot. Um, well, the, trying... the beauty of player of the year is that it doesn't go by the Hart Trophy rules, right? So I voted Austin Matthews Hart Trophy. I'm going to say Connor McDavid's the player of the year because he clearly had a way, 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 way better postseason. He accomplished mm-hmm. something that Matthews hadn't, uh, hasn't, or double. He's twofold. He's a, well, the accomplishment there. Uh, he's just unbelievable in the playoffs. It's what we've been waiting to see. And he was clearly almost a coin flip cha- uh, uh, sort of proposition for the Hart Trophy. So I think the best player in the league, Connor McDavid. Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. Uh, so any, any, any votes for Austin? Any votes for Kale? Or are we just I- all unanimous with Connor? I was in the yeah, Kale man. Kale ended. Kale ended some souls, man. Oh, he did. Kale could be Norris, Khan, and Stanley Cup winner by the the next time Kale we record. So the first could be him too. Defenseman since Brian Leach to score 110 points in the regular season. I and like some of those goals were outrageous. Like I, I'm, I'm giving it to Kale McCarr. Has anyone seen Kirby Doc since that goal he put up? <laughs> no, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't go that far. I just said he was missing. <laughs> also, fun fact about Caleb Carr: um, only one other defense in the history of the National Hockey League has averaged more points per game in the postseason than Caleb Carr has. Yeah, and it is arguably the greatest defenseman to have ever played the game in Bobby Orr. Mm-hmm. Like another oh. honorable mention for hockey Twitter moment of the year. Yes, uh, <laughs> the Flyers pretty much say. <laughs> Saying they goofed <laughs> and not taking McCarr fourth overall. Oh, yeah, so, that's, there that's, so that's, many. that's true. So, I'm like remembering all these moments, like as as we talk about other other things. Good times. You know what would have been a hockey Twitter moment of the year if the NHL stood stood by their guns and let this happen? West McCauley doing that damn AMA on Reddit. Oh my god, that would have that would have just won everything. That would have been that would have been one of the greatest days on Twitter. He Bar wouldn't not. answer a single question, like because like, he would just like he would like wait for like the comment of like oh hey Wes you do a great job and he'd be like oh yeah thank you you know let me tell you all the all the stuff about refereeing ref- refereeing and there'd be all these like questions that like would not be answered that's why like when they canceled I was like yeah good because they wouldn't answer anything like what, yeah. what? you know what would be a great moment on hockey Twitter is if someone could get footage of Bobby Clark hunting down Ron Hextall and two handing him across the ankles. <laughs> Yo, Yo, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Sam is just pulling up from the top rope, just Yo, wanted violence. Jesus. That would be funny. 
That Good lord! Funny. And on Ron Hextall too. Man, He's the one who took Nolan Patrick. That... I know, we know he did. Oh my god! Le- hey. You know, you know, Bobby Clark has thought about this. Man. You know, he's thought about it. At Man. least like chewing him out. I don't know about going so far as Tanya Harding. The whole situation for Nancy Kerry. It's not the first time <laughs> Tanya Harding handed someone across. Listen, man. Listen, man. The bar. If I had listen, if I was the GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, and I went over the 2018 draft, and I was like, who did we take again? And I was like, okay. And you played the game of who who was taken afterwards. I don't know, man. I think I might two hand him too. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, let's before we start uh, getting ourselves in trouble for getting two handed or whatever. Do we have a pick for worst take of the year? Uh, I was gonna give it to Tyson Nash for saying that if you skill it up, you, you get. I mean, you, just paraphrasing here, you, you skill it up, you deserve to have your ass handed to you. What a yeah. dumb take that was, and what a dumb double down, triple down whatever dude like ugh, this just a very brutal take we want more trevor zegers we want more skilling up we want less jay beagles trying to give retribution and tyson yeah. nash validating that was stupid i think that's the worst take of the year and that's and i'm someone who originally gave it to rocky Wirtz earlier in the year at the mid-season point because he tried to make everyone forget about the chicago blackhawk situation that was my answer. not forget about that absolutely not Yep, that was my answer. That was my answer. We're not too. gonna we're not gonna talk about 2010, but you're gonna hire 2010 players to help with the GM search. Give me a break. Freaking yeah, it's hard to beat those two. I will say, like, who's been giving the most worst takes all year? I mean, Tim Peel in media is yeah, he's uh, he's piled a few uh, piled a few up. I'm bracing. You guys know that I'm bracing to be called uh, the worst take artist of uh, the year because I didn't include Igor Shostyorkin on my heart ballot. Uh, so I'm bracing for that right now. I, maybe I didn't put enough thought in it because I'm trying to keep the pots or the thoughts positive, rather. I need. That's I need you're you gonna have to at, live with, brother. Yeah. When when the heart trophy is about to be announced, I need you to tweet the John the John Snow gif, where he's just taking out his sword, just like his sword. no, just no cut, just just tweet that. <laughs> uh, I want I want everything to be just. That's the problem. I I didn't know that like, like even with the lady bang, I had like Jersey fans because I gave it to Jack Hughes like mm-hmm. celebrating me for picking Jack Hughes. So I know it's going to be like 10 times as bad for a negative <laughs> thing. So yeah. I know it's coming and I believe the Rangers fans will be, I'm just hoping that I'm the only one that didn't not have him on the list. Jeez, man, the, the New York and New Jersey, you're going to have some really interesting mentions Fair. for yourself. Um, yeah. Story of the year. I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious with the, uh, the Kyle beach story from earlier in the season. Yeah. Uh, just how everyone's responded to that. And ultimately, I'll, I'll say this, like, I, I know on this show, we've been able to cover that story and, and Logan Mayu and a few other more interested COVID, obviously, when we started this podcast, we were still in a pandemic. But maybe I'm being optimistic here, but I'd like to think that the Kyle Beach story, if nothing else, as as horrible the de- as the details were, I'd like to think that people who are interested in hockey and hockey stories at least learn some lessons in terms of coverage and, and, and how they view hockey stories going forward. Just, just, and, and, and the people who are able to ask questions when the opportunities come to speak to Bill Daly or, or Gary Bettman, that is, that is my biggest hope in all this, that we're not just going to, but then maybe some people have learned the lesson, but I, I, I feel I have, or at least I want to be better with coverage of those types of stories. So 
that's my hope that younger people who are getting into this game will realize uh, and the game of media. I mean, will realize that it's not just about a box score. It's not just about writing a feature about some player. Mm-hmm. There are real stories like that and real harrowing and horrible stories that happen underneath the, the, I guess the undertow of, of the league or junior league and whatever. And these things happen and these stories need to be told. So I, I hope people yeah. take that lesson. I think that's a very powerful thing to say, Julian, just because, when it comes to like reporting on on hockey or the NHL, like it goes beyond like this team has to do this at the deadline or this thing in free agency. There, are, I I think one thing that we definitely have seen this year is that these aren't just players; these are people, and they have lives and they have experiences that unfortunately have been swept under the rug in in many ways, shapes, and forms. And I think the that was the most disappointing thing for me. When it comes when it came to this the the Kyle Beach incident, the one the fact that we know Kyle, who Kyle Beach is, that yes. brave that that interview he had on TSN, which was unbelievably brave, just 100%. talking about it. So I I think hopefully you know to your point, Julian, that this you know opens and also continues to believe open the eyes that of things that are taking place within your professional sports leagues. Yes, every professional sports league has its things. But there are things that, you know, I think that, I guess, takes a lot of journalism and a lot of bravery to go through. And, you know, like, I, again, I think back to, like, Rick, Rick Wild Westhead, you know, Katie Strange, you know, being you know, two of, like, the, you know, the, the shouting figures of this whole thing. But then Rick Westhead wasn't allowed to ask a question until, like, 50 minutes of the, the thing with Gary Bettman. So, it took like, Pierre Lebrun to call, to, to make mention of it. Exactly. So I think even though, you know, they're, they're not always the ones who are, who are getting the praises, I think they're doing very, very important work. Um, and I, I hope that continues. Now, not to say that I hope more, more of these things take place. I definitely don't hope that, but I hope that more people are given, given the space and given the, I guess, the avenues to be able to, to tell their stories or at least get some type of justice or retribution for things that take place. Because I don't, we, we, we have to move away from a place where, winning is more important and hopefully with this hopefully again i know there's there's now this new investigation has taken place unfortunately but yes hopefully it changes hopefully I, yeah and that, i was gonna so go ahead sam no go ahead Justin. i was just gonna say that rick heads rick, rick head rick westhead's emergence as like a really trusted reliable source that's going to be on the ground at all times digging up information but also being someone that people are comfortable going to mm-hmm. with their stories is like a really important development in this um in this industry and that it's not to say that there weren't people that were doing that work before but this sort of standard that's been set here recently and and what he was able to do with Kyle Beach and his reporting on that it's like given an outlet an important outlet that maybe didn't exist before and certainly didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. So I think that's a major, uh, major development and story of this season is that there is something there. And of course there are other reporters involved as well. Um, but I feel like his work really opened the door, I think for other things to be uh, um, explored further. 100%. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think to just uh, to Julian's point earlier that you would hope people have learned things from the coverage of the Kyle Beach situation. I, 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 I'm with you. I think young and upcoming journalists, I hope, have taken lessons away. Um, 
in terms of what we had hoped to see from hockey insiders and kind of more established names, the coverage of the hockey Canada stuff, isn't really making me particularly hopeful. Like a lot of the guys who were like, yeah, I've learned about the Blackhawks thing. I'm going to use my platform. You know, I scrolled through the PHWA international members yesterday. It's, it's all the people who have always covered these issues. Uh, the athletic story that uh, Dan Robson, Katie Strang, and Ian Mendez did was commendable. But again, those are the guys, th- those are the writers you expect to see writing about it. Mm-hmm. In terms of covering the Hockey Canada testimony before Parliament yesterday, not a lot of not a lot of big names. Ken Campbell has done a pretty good job since he left the Hockey News, and he's yeah. doing a decent job on his own platform. But other than that, there were not a lot of big names covering that, that parliamentary testimony. Mm-hmm. That's a very fair point. Uh, and also I should mention too, uh, it's one thing to call out the media and, and hope better from them on this. We should also expect better from the organizations in charge of these players and hope that they don't suffer any more of these abuses. If there's, if there's one entity that deserves to have their foot at the fire, it's national hockey league and, and junior leagues and, coaches and, and other teammates and players. It's one thing to, to look at the coverage. It's a whole other thing to look at the people responsible for these heinous acts. So I'm glad we were all unanimous on that particular story for that category. A bit of a tone switch for the last one, uh, but this is my favorite category of all the zonies to do. Uh, the zone time moment of the year. My pick for zone time moment of the year is when, uh, during the second round of the playoffs, when we discussed uh, the alleged story of the Florida Panthers uh, going out to a strip club for oh. uh, a game. And <laughs> we we're all making jokes oh. about it. And Omar inadvertently uh, cracked wise about it and had no idea what we were talking I had, about. I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> I, I may, I just, I, I, th- I thought it'd be funny. I was making a joke. Oh, it was. And, and it was. I, I had no idea what took place. I read, I read the article afterwards and I was like, oh, holy crap. <laughs> So yeah, that that's that's really funny. That's my um, pick for some time <laughs> moment of the year. Um, mine would be so Julian has a knack of setting me off on a rant and just sitting back yes. and watching. Uh, definitely funniest one he sent me on a least rant and then whipped out popcorn and then just started eating it that's 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 my uh my zone time moment of the year and of yes. course and of course you have to go, go back to the beginning of the year where uh he did the bait and switch with, with uh Rahef and I uh making it seem as if you know, the least were the ones that had the most pressure or, or would, would, would around it actually ended up being the Florida Panthers. And I took off my headphones and I walked away. At least so the Panthers went around. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Kath, Sam, do you have moments you want to share with us? Uh, my, my Zoni went to Avery for pulling up the golf club and I don't know if anything stopped it yet. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll just call back that one. Uh, I've got two and they're both Julian. I think. Oh one- gosh. I think the top moment was you pulling out the broom. Yes. <laughs> when the Oilers <laughs> got swept. And somehow, somehow on the graphic on the YouTube, it's like Avery's face right above Oilers get swept. That whole, that whole <laughs> sequence was really well done. Um, and the other was when you tried to roast Omar for bringing up the Leafs, but actually you brought up the Leafs. Yes, yes. I did. Yes, I did. It's not always me. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Uh, we don't have to always bring up the Leafs. We don't always have to have Leafs corner. Um, I am humbled and, and honored that I won all of these imaginary zonies I have in my arms. 
flattered you would think of me for this, but uh, I always enjoy doing the uh, the Zonies. Uh, second year we get to do this. Uh, but uh, we pretty much are done with this week's episode of Zone Time. Whoa, except, whoa, 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 wait, yes, yes. Except, yes. thank you. Except thank you. this is the first time we get to actually hear on Wax what uh, one Justin Cuthbert thought of a particular high school musical movie. He did tweet about it. He did watch mm-hmm. it. I did mm-hmm. give him access to the Disney Plus account so he could watch it. But it, I think it's one thing to read the tweet. We got to know your thoughts, brother. You got you got to let us know what you thought. Listen, it wasn't all that bad. I was uh, I was feeling a little under the weather. So I decided let's let's fire this up because, you know, I at least have time to get through something, at least use my time wisely here when I was uh, on the mend a little bit, but it wasn't that bad. I, I thought there were some holes in the plot. I, I don't know how we got to this, <laughs> like, they were just hanging out at like this cottage thing and I wasn't really paying attention early and they met and they sang and then all of a sudden they were in the same school randomly. Didn't really understand exactly <laughs> what happened there, but they, it was a great love story. Uh, I love the message that you don't have to be just one thing. Mm-hmm. You can have many talents and you can show your friends that it's not just about one thing or trying to act cool. It's just being passionate about what you love. And Troy Bolton loves sports, basketball. Yes. Troy Bolton loves music and singing. And Troy Bolton loves Gabriella. And yes, I don't, yes, he does. I don't know if it falls apart between them in high school musical two and three, but I hope it doesn't because it was a beautiful love story. I will say, though, anything Sharpay related can go. I didn't like any of that. <laughs> and, <laughs> Damn. Uh, but, uh, Damn. yeah, it was, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a Troy and Gabrielle, Gabriella guy. I, I didn't mind it. What was your favorite song from the first movie? Get Your Head in the Game was, you know, by far the standard. Let's, let's that's, that's, yeah. that's a pretty good pick. That's a pretty Are you going to see if they're still together in High School Musical 3? <laughs> I'll have to lose another bet, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's save that uh, for, oh for, for next but a, year. But another, it was a great message at the end. I mean, it was all tied together. They were talking about the playmaker being so important. And Troy, I don't know what her name was, but she was the, the show runner. Or she was the, uh, I don't know, she wrote the play, I guess. Oh, or wrote the music for the play. I forget what her name was, but she was the playmaker. She put this all together. And Julian puts this show together for all of us. What? He's the playmaker of Zone Guys. Yes. So to give him more than just Zonies, he's also our playmaker. Which guys, is, uh, guys, guys, as guys. This... Worth, as high an award I can give. Mm-hmm. Guys, this is this is this is too much here, guys. <laughs> I didn't do anything notable to be worth all this praise. Uh, but uh, we thank you for honoring that bet because this is something that we were all looking forward to uh, and uh, we are all satisfied. So now uh, the only other time you hear a high school musical again is when Omar will make reference to it, uh, which <laughs> probably you can pretty week. much count on him doing that. And probably next week yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for Zone Time this week. Thank you everyone for watching or listening wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Of course, please do that. And uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Uh, We'll see you then. Peace. (laughs)